Good morning, Christ Chapel. Great to be with you. If nobody has told you lately, I love you. If you haven't been told that lately, let, I hope you hear it from me. I love you. I love being a part of Christ Chapel. I love what you are about. I love being a part of our church and I'm thankful that you've chosen uh, to worship with us today. Uh, if you're worshiping online, I love you too. And I'm so glad that you've chosen to be a part of the Christ Chapel family. Uh, one of the ways that we express love is certainly by telling each other. But one of the ways we tell God that we love him is certainly through singing, but also through giving. So we're gonna take a second to just take up an offering very quickly. Um, if you brought a, a physical offering, there are receptacles uh, outside of the doors. You can drop that on your way out. Or if you want to give online, you can just text in one of those codes to 77977. It will send you a link uh, that you can give from. Uh, it's very easy to do, and I'm so grateful for how uh, you have given, especially during these uncertain times. I think 79% of our giving is now online, is through these means, and that's been uh, incredibly helpful for us to continue the work of the ministry, which you'll uh, hear about today. But before I get there, I wanna tell you about 2008, and I'm not talking about 2008, what you're thinking of, you think recession. That's not what I'm talking about. But in 2008, Jen and I got an opportunity to go to the Holy Land, which is Israel, not Graceland, Holy Land. Holy Land, we got to go to the Holy Land, and it was, you know, this was a dream opportunity, a dream trip, not only for us as believers, but for us as seminarians. Uh, I had just graduated from seminary, Jen was finishing, and so we had this wonderful idea of what that trip was going to be like going over with, we got to go with the church. And so we were so excited, and uh, the, only, the only thing that you need to know about 2008 when we went was we had been married for three months when we went on this trip. So we are gallivanting around the Holy Land, learning how to be husband and wife together. We obviously only had about three months experience doing that, and so we're learning our new roles. Another thing that we were learning in the Holy Land was how to partner together in ministry. We had never done ministry together as husband and wife, so it's like, okay, what are you gonna do? What am I gonna do? How are we going to work together? And so very quickly, our dreams and ideas of thinking we are going to get to go walk where Jesus walked, unfortunately became far more about arguing where Jesus had taught. And when we came home, uh, we were certainly grateful for that opportunity and experience, but what we remembered about the Holy Land was not sweet dreams. They weren't uh, wonderful uh, times of, of spiritual impact in our lives. It was rather unfortunate what we had re remembered. But then we got an opportunity to go back in 2018. Ten years later, we got an opportunity to go back with the church to visit the Holy Land again. And this was a completely different trip because we had ten years under our belt of life, of marriage together, of ministry together. And that made that trip a trip of a lifetime. We loved that trip and got to soak in far more of what God had done there, where Jesus had walked, what Jesus had said, all of these wonderful things. You see, if you had asked us in 2009, do you guys wanna go back to the Holy Land? We would have said, no way. But 10 years later, we wanted to go back and revisit it. 
We wanted to go back and and reframe how we saw that so that the trip wouldn't be, the Holy Land wouldn't be remembered for what we went through, but rather what God did there. You see, revisiting things, revisiting times, revisiting places gives us an opportunity to reframe our memory, to reframe how we see those places and how we see those things. And here's why I bring that up is because if I just said 2020 to you, many of you are going to go to a bad place mentally. 2020 has been a very tough year. Some unimaginable things have happened this year. I mean, everything from the, the COVID coronavirus pandemic that's been worldwide to the tragic loss of life. Uh, social issues, racial tensions, an economic downturn, a political divide, all of those things on their own would be tough. And we've said, let's just put them all in nine months. Let's see how that goes. If I said 2020, nobody would go, yeah, that was a great year. You'd go, Cody, I don't want to revisit that. Because when we think about it, we think about what we went through. And what I want to do today is I want to revisit 2020. Now, don't get up and run. But I want to revisit 2020 to reframe it as what has God done these past nine months. Because I think if we reframe it and understand, here's what God has been doing, then we'll have a different perspective on it. We'll look at 2020 not as a a terrible, awful time, which, yes, terrible, awful things have happened, and we still need to remember those things and learn from those things. But God has still been at work. Our God is an unstoppable God. What is impossible with man is possible with God. And when it seems like there's no possible way God has been involved in our country, in our lives, in our church this past year, God has been working And so what I want to do is just take a quick look back at what God has done these past nine months to give you some good news because Lord knows we need some good news. We need some good news to encourage us, not only that that God has been working, but folks, God will continue to work. God is still in the business of doing his work. And so we're going to get behind him and continue to follow him. And one of the things that encourages us to do that is to see that he can still move in the midst of the impossible. And so we're going to take a look back at 2020. And I'm going to frame it in the way of our vision 2020. Remember, we had a two-year vision in 2018 called Vision 2020 that we wanted to make Christ clear. We wanted to make him clear in different spheres or or areas of our lives, areas of influence, areas in our world. And that all came from Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus said, but you will receive, he's talking to the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses. Now, remember, what does a witness have to do? All of a witness has to do is testify to what they've seen and heard. Just just tell people what you've seen and heard about me. Make it clear that I am the God of the impossible, that I can step into impossible situations and do impossible things. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, 
Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. It was these concentric circles. And we talked about those areas as, uh, took those as applying to us. Jerusalem being our immediate context. Judea, a bigger area in our counties. Uh, Samaria, the state of Texas. And obviously, to the ends of the earth, the ends of the earth. What we're doing abroad and overseas. And so I just want to go back through those so that you might be encouraged as to what God has been doing. Because sometimes we don't see it, but he's still working. Or we don't feel it, but God is still working. He's still at work and in our midst. And so today is all about give God the glory day. And I want to make that clear because this is not about Pat Christ Chapel on the back. In fact, I was very uh, specific in how I worded the subject of all of these points. This is what God has done. Because without God's help, without God's enablement, without God's empowerment, there's no way that we can make Christ clear. That's what Acts 1.8 says, that we need his Holy Spirit to be his witnesses. And so God is going to get all the glory today, but we're going to focus on him and celebrate what he has done in 2020. So the first area was this. We were asking God, would you make yourself clear to our friends and neighbors? And he's done it. God made Christ clear to our friends and neighbors in some pretty special ways. The first one was this. God provided the hive at our West Campus to host host students and traditional worship. Remember, all we had at the West Campus was pretty much an outdoor space that of a lean-to to the side of a building where our students were worshiping. But they could not get away from inclement weather. They couldn't get away from the the, the heat or the cold or the rain. And so we enclosed that so our students could meet, but then it set dormant on Sunday mornings. And we thought, hey, you know what? There might be some people in Parker County that would enjoy traditional worship. Can you imagine anybody in this world like that? I think you can. And so we decided, hey, let's try to reach some of those folks And so Dr. Ted Kitchens and Lewis Harris started a traditional worship service at the Hive. And we've been able, we've seen those folks, those core group reach out to their friends and neighbors in Parker County and see that group grow. And obviously it's the the pandemic has had an impact on it, but they're growing again. They've started back up and it's been a wonderful outreach, not only for opportunities for them to make Christ clear to friends and neighbors, but for service opportunities, for uh, singing opportunities, for playing opportunities, all of those wonderful things. And so we praise God for what he's done at the Hive. Another one is God provided land for a permanent home for the South Campus. Don't forget, God has been at work in Johnson County. Remember, we started back in in 2018. It was the fall of 2018 that a group started meeting down there. And they started meeting in a home. And then they outgrew the home and we had to move to a school. And they were meeting in Burleson Centennial School, high school, until the pandemic hit. And then we had to go back into the depot, which is effectively their offices. But all of that, in the midst of all of that, in 2020, God provided a piece of land, a permanent place where we can, Lord willing, one day build a permanent facility to make Christ clear to our friends and neighbors in Johnson County. This was 13 acres on I-35, has frontage road access. Uh, It's just north of Hard 8 Barbecue. For some reason, everybody knows where that is. 
Uh, but it's, it's just north of Heartache Barbecue, just south of the Sam's on that east side of 35. It's incredibly visible, and we pray God does amazing things to change people's lives on that piece of property, but God provided that. God provided that, and through some uh, help, and certainly a shout out to Fred Disney and George Montague Sr. who helped us with that. We thank them for their help, but God provided that. God provided the funds. God provided that land. God provided the partnership for the people that were gonna sell it. And we are so thankful uh, that he did. So God has made Christ clear to our friends and neighbors. He's also made uh, clear Christ clear to those at critical junctures of our culture. He made Christ clear to those at critical junctures in our culture. And the first way he did that was the critical juncture we call college. See, God provided a college building to reach the upcoming generation for Christ. You all know this, that there is a generation that's coming up. It's the generation that you and I both pray for, that they carry the torch for Christ for years and years to come. But that is a critical juncture. The college campus is a battleground for truth. That, that is where it starts. As these young people begin to grow their independence and grow in their thoughts, we want them to have the mind of Christ. And so we needed a place where they could gather. Remember, they were meeting at one hour a week, basically three hours a week and on a morning. And that place shut down. Now we have a place that we were really creative. We called it the college building uh, because college students meet there. And, uh, but through your generosity and through God's, God's gracious gift of that land, we now have a place where those college students can go all throughout the week and we can have spiritual conversations with them. Those students can be shepherded. They can have a place to meet. It's got a coffee shop in it called Common Grounds that's open. You know, if you serve coffee, college kids will come. I don't know, it's amazing. And so we've been serving coffee there. They come, it, it's, it's done wonders for those relationships and folks, College kids, you need to pray for, the, for those college kids. They need community. I mean, as, as much as we need community, uh, sometimes we forget that. But those college students, they struggle in, in isolation just like we all do. And so this has given them a place seven days a week where we can go in and begin to shepherd them, pray for them, love them, shepherd them toward and disciple them toward the mind of Christ. And God provided that in 2020. In the midst of a bleak time, God provided that and we're excited about it. And just to tell you another way that he's working, just the, this past spring break, an early spring break for them, they took over 100 college students to Belize on a mission trip. That was the biggest college trip that they've ever taken. And 13 of those kids came to know Christ on that trip and were baptized there in the ocean uh, in, in Belize. Uh, yeah, isn't that exciting? God is doing wonderful things and we just give him all the glory for meeting people at the critical juncture that we call college. Another critical juncture. God provided leaders in the marketplace to initiate spiritual conversations with coworkers. If you'll remember, we had talked about how there's a dark spot in our world called the 1040 window. And it's the place in the world where Christ is not proclaimed, nor is he even free to be proclaimed there. But that's a place that we pray for in missions. And we talked about how there's another dark window that is here in our country, and it's called the nine to five. It's a place where Christ is not necessarily proclaimed, where he's not lifted high and talked about, or even 
sometimes allowed to be talked about. And so we said, we wanna step into that. And so Dr. Ted Kitchens started that Faith in the Workplace initiative and had 24 leaders go into their companies and do six-week spots before the pandemic went off, six-week trainings where they started spiritual conversations. And I'm so glad that they did because they did that before everything went to work from home. And so they built those relationships and started those spiritual conversations before the world became scattered. And they're able to have those conversations because, I mean, everybody needed those conversations these days. And so that was a critical juncture in some in losing their jobs or uncertainty about their future in their jobs. They were able to have a foundation laid where they knew that there was at least one person at work that they could have a spiritual conversation with. And so we're thankful that God did that. Also, we're excited that God made Christ clear to those who were vulnerable and often forgotten. We wanted to do that, to make Christ clear to those who are vulnerable and often forgotten, trying to live out the James chapter one, verse 27, that what is pure and undefiled worship unto God is if we take care of the widows and orphans and those who are in distress. And we wanna step into those people that are in those vulnerable positions. And God provided a first of its kind drop-in center for vulnerable children to escape exploitation. Uh, Christ Chapel, you have stepped in, in in a big way into trying to stop sex trafficking in our area. And I'm so grateful that you have. You've done it financially. You've done it through awareness. You've done it through ch- uh, training. You've done it through volunteerism. Uh, we, we have many great partners. And one of the ways that we've done that in, in those partner in those partner organizations, we, we actually partner with folks that have a 24 to 72 hour uh, kind of safe house that people can can come to. These are adults. And if they want to stay in this program, they then go to a 10 to 30 day safe house where they can be a part of this program, trying to give them the resources, the community, and the training to come out of that life. But what we realized was that really there was a vulnerable population that wasn't being met, and that was children. Because what you don't realize, and I wouldn't have never thought of this, but many of the people who get uh, wrapped up in that life Get, they get involved in that as children, as, as underage uh, folks, below the age of 18. And so through one of our partners and your partnership, we were able to open up in our area a first-of-its-kind drop-in center for children. Children who somehow have found themselves away from their parents. They may even be homeless at the time. But they now have a place to go that's just for them where they can receive the the education, the resources, the counseling that they need and not get lumped in with the adults who have been a part of that lifestyle but trying to cut it off at the root before they even get started in any way. And so this this is a wonderful thing that you have been on the front lines of doing. God has done this in 2020. It's amazing what God is doing as he's trying to make himself clear even in our midst and trying circumstances. He also provided a new crisis pregnancy center in Fort Worth to help protect life. We believe in protecting the life of the unborn. We are pro-life. We always have been. We always will be. We, we know that those children are vulnerable and if we don't stand up for them and protect them and speak for them, then no one will. 
And so we have great partners in our city who run pregnancy centers. We have four main partners. You have given over $225,000 to those partners throughout this past year. Uh, But not only that, you helped open up an entirely new clinic in a very strategic area. And in this clinic, you purchased a sonogram, which those sonogram machines are not cheap. Because we know that if a mother who is considering an abortion sees her child, that she is far more likely to carry that to term and have the child. And so you help provide those things in the midst of 2020, opening that up to make Christ clear to those in vulnerable and oftentimes often forgotten situations. And then finally, God made Christ clear to those in dark corners of our world who need his light. And this is trying to live out the great commission that we would go into all the world and make disciples. And I know that it has seemed um, that like it hasn't been feasible to go into all the world these days amidst this pandemic. But here's the wonderful thing is God's word can't be stopped. That his word has continued to go out, not only through the, the means that we have, but through the partners that we have. Through this time, you have helped put on a pastor's conference for pastors in a closed country to have a pastor's conference and get trained. You've helped provide famine relief through our church partners and through pastors so that they can build churches. You've helped church planners in rural areas financially support their families so that they can continue the work of the ministry. All of that, those are all different countries that you've helped in. And that's all been during 2020. But another thing that you've done, we've provided, God has provided pastors through whom you've been able to partner with who are reaching the world. See, specifically, we have partners in a a very large, closed country of the world right now that we've gotten to build relationships with, and we've actually put in technology into this room that the things taught from this pulpit in sermons or any kind of teaching like men's ministry or women's ministry or even our student ministry is coming in here, our young adult ministry is coming in here these days, that we have technology that is translating that into Mandarin Chinese. And all of those resources are going to our partners so that they can use not only our notes, but our sermons, our talks, all of that training to equip the church because God's word cannot be stopped. All of this during 2020, because his word isn't bound up in in between four walls. It's going out and it's gonna be proclaimed and it's not going to return void. And finally, God provided the funds to help build a church to reach Middle Eastern refugees. I love this. We, we have built an incredible partnership with some folks that are building a church uh, over in the Middle East, and they're doing it uh, in, in incredible ways. They're reaching Syrian refugees through humanitarian aid, and they're sharing the gospel Because as Paul tells the Thessalonians, I cared for you so much that I not only wanted to share the gospel of God, but my life as well. And that's what they're doing. They're sharing their lives. They're helping with food. They're helping with clothing as these refugees are coming out of Syria with nothing. Jen and I have gotten to go over there. In fact, I got to preach a sermon over there. They haven't invited me back. I don't know. Uh, But they're building a church 
as they share the gospel with these folks and they're coming to know Christ by the hundreds. They were meeting in a school and what they realized, they, they, they couldn't, the school wasn't gonna be big enough and they had this dream. They had a dream that they would build a church in, in the midst of all of these mosques and prayer towers and all these other things that aren't proclaiming that our God reigns. And they had this dream that they would build a church that like Matthew 5, a city on a hill, a place where people could run to, to find hope and salvation in Christ. This was their dream. And because of your generosity and your prayers and what God has done through amazing means, the government has allowed them to build a church and it looks like this today. That church is going to come to fruition. Yeah, you can clap for that. That church is gonna come to fruition. We are going to see that thing built and I want you to go visit it. When it becomes safe, I want you to go there. We have great brothers and sisters over there who do an incredible work in the ministry. God cannot be stopped. It doesn't matter the pandemic, it doesn't matter the tensions, it doesn't matter the, the economy, it doesn't, it doesn't, God is still on the move. And that's why I wanted to revisit 2020 with you so that you could, we could revisit it and you could reframe that God's not stopping and neither are we. We're gonna continue to push into the things of God because we want Christ to be clear. And the way that I wanna end is I wanna give you the one last picture of Christ being made clear uh, because I don't know any, uh, any picture that's clearer than the picture of baptism. Now we've had to do baptisms in kind of a unique way and uh, uh, these people were incredibly gracious to uh, host these things. They, had, they went to friends' and neighbors' houses in their pools. But we had folks that said, I want people to know that I follow Jesus. I want to make it clear that I am one of his disciples. And they wanted to proclaim that. And that's what baptism is. Baptism is this outward symbol of an inward reality. It pictures that we have died to ourselves and we are raised to walk in newness of life with Christ that we have died to our old self, our, our sins, that, that by grace, through faith, in Christ alone, we are now freed. We are now giving new life in him. And so I would just wanna show you that last picture so that you can know that God has been on the move in 2020 and he's not going to stop. My name's Anna Thomas Summit. And I'm eight. I accepted Jesus in my heart at kids camp. I want to get baptized so I can follow Jesus. Okay. Anna, have you asked Jesus Christ to come into your life? Yeah. And trust him as your Lord and Savior? Yeah. Yes? Okay. Buried with him in baptism. Raised to walk in the newest life. I asked Jesus to come to my heart one night when, my, when I was praying for my dad. I want to get baptized because I want to show everybody that I want to follow God. Aaron, have you uh, asked Jesus Christ to come into your life? Yes. Yes? Okay. 
Buried with him in baptism. Raised to walk in the newest life. <laughs> I am Griffley and I am nine years old. I came to know Jesus at kids camp and I was praying a lot about him accepting into my heart. I want to be baptized to show people that I am a believer and I will go to heaven. Britt, have you trusted and placed your faith in Jesus Christ yes. as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Based on your profession of faith, it is my privilege and honor as your father and your brother in Christ to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in the darkness and risen in the likeness of new life. Thank you. My name is Davis Fulgham and I'm 13 years old. At kids camp six years ago, our leader just told us who Jesus was and how he was our savior and that's when I knew I needed a savior like Jesus. I'm deciding to get baptized because I want everyone to know that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Now, Davis, have you put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. All right. It is my honor and privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Woo! <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> Ford and I'm 11 years old. It was in second grade at Pine Cove. My counselor started telling me about Jesus and I started loving him. I'm deciding to get baptized because I want to tell and show everyone that I love him. Have you put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Cool. Then it is my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord. 